Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast. We've been, uh, we've been talking about some heavy stuff here. Um, one of the things that in our last episode, we were talking about returning citizens and incarceration. Actually, we... Jordan, correct me, we spent two weeks on that. We did. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things that we, uh, you know, we're going to talk about is not everybody who experiences trauma and addiction goes to prison, right? Some of them go to work. That's right. Some of them, uh, you know, some folks deal with their stuff, right? We all have stuff. And some people deal with it and are, are these resilient examples and, you know, successful people by various definitions of success, whether they're, you know, good upstanding members of the community, volunteering, you know, whatever. Um, and some are, you know, let's face it, they've got the facade of that. So a lot of folks have that facade. That's what I was about to say, the functional. Maybe they're functional, but right. we don't know what it is, under, you know. Right. And so we're, we're going to kind of look at you know, what are some behaviors that you might see? You know, we talked about kids. Uh, I know when I was teaching, there were things, and, and we talked about this in a previous episode, why do, what behaviors do we see in kids? Well, the, the thing is, and, and you know this, listeners know this, those behaviors, similar behaviors, are present in adults too. Absolutely. And so, you know, Jordan, maybe you want to well, you want to start us off yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. They're even. I mean, I think they are they are present in adults. And there, there's definitely adults that you will see, uh, you know, probably in the workplace that you've encountered that you may see some things that, that might be might be cues. You know, whether it be you notice somebody's anxious. You know, if somebody's yeah. real hyper vigilant or very, you can usually pick up on that and see right. that in somebody. Right. Maybe depression. You might be able to see that too. But but I also want to comment here and think that I mean, I, again, I think a lot of times traumatized individuals that are adults can look just like anybody because they 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 probably learned over time, especially if they're functioning well. As far as, and what I mean by that, guys, is not maybe functioning well in person in their personal life, but they're functioning at, at work. Let's so put they're, it that they're, way. they're so paying their bills. They're, right, right. They're getting, so yeah. what I'm saying with that is, is that, you know, you may, the, that, that wall may be there to where you, maybe you don't notice right. a lot of the things you might know. You know, kids just don't have a lot of the defenses that we do. Right. <laughs> right. Kids don't have a filter. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say this because... I spent 20 years umpiring baseball. Do you know that? I did know that. Okay, so I umpire baseball. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, right. And and one of the things with baseball, it's very interesting, is it has this culture of 
allowing coaches, fans to abuse the umpire. <laughs> okay, and that's sure. uh, you know that's sports in general, and I and I say abuse in a in somewhat of a light way. Okay, I I don't mean that I don't condone it. I think there is a, a line where you know what that's enough. You know these are and particularly it it strikes me when kids are tormented at some little league game. It's some thirteen year old kid, fourteen year old kid umpiring a baseball game, and the and the parents or fans or coaches are just unloading on them. I think and, and it's it's, ri- it's ridiculous. It's Let's ridiculous. Just say that out loud. Yes. Yeah. So so that is abuse in yes. my view. Okay. So um, but I'm going to share a little story. Um, years ago, I was umpiring. And one of the umpires in our group, he ejected the pitcher, and these two fans at the game were were just out of they were out of control. And, it, and if you don't know baseball, it's very unusual to throw out a fan. Fans don't get ejected. It's the the idea is, you know, you paid it, you paid your admission ticket, you kind of get to do what you want. Okay, and it, and as you know, if you watch a major league game, it's rare that they, rare. you know, the, it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I was at a I was at a Philadelphia uh, Phillies and Mets game one time, and I saw a Mets fan walked out of the Philadelphia stadium before the game even started. <laughs> so it happens. But in this particular uh, case, this this umpire he threw these two fans out that were sitting right next to the dugout, and then the manager of the team, who's it was it happened to be his son that was pitching, came out, and this guy was a really mild pretty good guy and he threw him out too and I got involved because I was an officer of the of the umpires group and the manager who was thrown out called me and he's and you know he just wanted to know this is a couple days later he called me because there was a one game suspension that came with this ejection and he was just he you know he wasn't the guy couldn't pitch the next game right so he asked me, he said, you know, what's going on with this umpire? He said, you know, he threw four of us out. He said, and there's something going on. And he said, and it ain't baseball. Mm-hmm. It ain't baseball. And what happened, what turned out was that this this umpire had a, he and his wife had lost a child. Mm. And so I guess the point there, you know, nothing is stuffed. So it Absolutely. comes out. It comes out in our work, as it did in this case. It yeah. comes out in... It's going to bleed out somewhere. It's going to bleed out. It's going to come out somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and we think we all know people who can represent or pre, you know, present as being very uh, okay. You know, I, I always hate that word. Somebody tells you they're fine. Fine. Okay. I'm fine. Right. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, that mean, you know, right. so, um, right. but, you know, but aren't. They're they're not fine. They're right. not okay deep down. Um, right. You know, I, I always tell people, and I I have this view: we never know what somebody's dealing with on a right. day in day out basis. The people you encounter, you may not know. You right. know, but like like Chris pointed out, it's going to come out in some in it in some level in some way. And I think oftentimes, depending on the degree and the nature of what's going on, you know, especially in the work environment you're probably going to start seeing some stuff. Right. You know, that may, maybe you notice some changes. You know, I, to me, it's always with an adult, one thing to look for is just sort of a, maybe a, not an abrupt, but just sort of change, you know, somebody that's just, there, there's something different. Mm-hmm. And you can't always put your finger on it, but you know something is, something's up. You know, I always I always feel like, you know, there's a, there's a sense that we can have of like kind of feeling it. 
You know, right. it's just it's just somebody feels a little off or different. So there's this employee that's always been working hard and and getting their work done on time. All of a sudden, they're just debilitated. Yep. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Or, yeah. or let's say the 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 employee who's always very you know punctual. They're always um, kind of Johnny on the spot for things, and all of a sudden they start missing work on a fairly regular basis, or right. they're sick a lot, or right. they're it's like you know we have to ask the question like what's what's going on there you know um, right. You know, there, there's just a, there's just a difference between their 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 typical pattern. So with all of the you know with all the laws about privacy and protection of employees and things like that, if you're an employer, how would you how would you handle that? How would you address it? Yeah, yeah. You well, know, I, and I don't I don't really I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. Well, and man, you know, here I am going like I don't you know I don't know the direct answer to it because I think it is a problem. Um, one of the things that I've thought about before, and it comes back to relationship again, I know you know that, only me, you know, y'all are going to get sick of hearing about relationships. Uh, but to me, you know, that that's that's the key, I think, to a lot of this. Um, maybe as an employer, again, hoping that there's developed sort of a system of relationship, quality relationship there. I'm not meaning, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about a, a romantic, I'm not talking about something that's going to get you in trouble relationship. Right. What I am talking about is just a genuine, genuine concern and care for somebody else that you know enough about their life to maybe be like, okay, hey, you know, th- that person can feel comfortable maybe approaching you. You right. know, I, th- I think where it, where it can become very sick is those times where it's like, oh, we're just all about work here. Well, we're all people. Right. We're all individuals. We've yes. all got lives going on. If you don't know what's going on, some of your employees, I mean, you, you might want to look at that, right. you know. Well, so. I mean, the, the the work-life balance is a new, a relatively huge, huge new term. thing, right? Yeah. People, people yeah. are talking about work-life balance, things like that. Um, the other thing, too, is, and, and you know, I credit millennials for that. Yep. I believe that that, uh, that view of work-life balance of, you know, huge. it's kind of these alternative work arrangements, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, I think the generation has, you know, they've brought some of that into our consciousness. You know, it's, it's, we're older. So. <laughs> well, it's it's back to begging the question of why are we doing things the way we're doing them? Right. You know, if, if something if something is not working, why why do we keep doing it? Just right. because that's the way it's always been done. Well, right. I, I do. I agree with you. I credit millennials with that too. I think that you know they ask the questions of right. why exactly why why is this? Right. You know, why do we keep doing it this way? Right. Especially when we know. What we've learned about, and going back to relationship, what we've learned about kids being with caring, trusted adults, parents, the time they spend with them matters, things like that. I, you know, I remember talking about umpires, the, the old way, the way the professional umpires worked, they never got a day off. You know, when you think of that today, it's just absurd. That's absurd. Right? They, yeah. the, the whole season, you know. And um, mm. one of the one of the famous umpires, Derwood Merrill, uh, wrote a book. He, if you're interested, it's called "You're Out and You're Ugly Too." <laughs> it's, uh, but Derwood Merrill uh, shares in that book that his wife had this plaque in their kitchen that said, "We interrupt this marriage to bring you the baseball season." There you go. You know, and how much have we as adults? you know, sacrificed that time and building relationship to go out and work. Absolutely. And what where I'm going with this is how many work to avoid their stuff. There you go. Well, and you you know, I know we talked about various forms of addiction, but let's let's throw this in here. Yeah. The, the workaholic. Right. I mean, that's a very real thing. Right. You know, and a lot of times what 
I'll, I'll speak to my experience with this, especially I, I would notice this a lot um, in residential treatment, but a lot of times, and I know this is a stereotype, but I mean, I, I'll just tell you my experience. You know, a lot of times you would have some very wealthy people, you know, dads maybe in particular, um, who would come in uh, and they, they were absolutely workaholics, right. you know, and, and honestly, they were miserable. I, what I would find a lot of times in working with their their kid or something sometimes would be like, these people are miserable, right? you know, and, and they're not, they're doing it more as an avoidance pattern than anything else that's right. going on in life. And well, so, and, I, and yeah, I've heard people say before, you know, like, the highly successful CEOs, for example, parent issues with their parents, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So that, I think that happens. Oh, for sure. My point in bringing up the workaholic situation is because I think there's also, there's an alternative. There's the folks who have had some traumatic experiences dealing with addiction and they drag themselves to work Yep. and then they're not productive. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, that's kind of one, that's one of the things I wanted to address with you is, you know, how do you, how do you help those people? Yeah. And, and I mean, and that, that again, to me, it's, it's kind of like in our discussion about, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks talked about, you know, prison systems, returning. There's, there, there's that idea again, that I think you brought up very, very well, uh, which is the idea of prevention. Right. I think that is a key part. I mean, we want to, we want to try to hopefully work with people so it doesn't get to that place. But right. I would say that that's where, that's where I think having a good system, maybe a good culture in your, in your work. Um, you know, I know a lot of work, you know, cause here's the problem again, too, you know, a lot of workplaces have EAPs, which are, you know, uh, employee assistance programs. Yeah, I was right? just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But here, here can be the, the downfall with that. A lot of times, depending on your EAP, I'm not knocking EAPs here. I know a lot of, a lot of times they're super helpful for people and that's great. But I know me as a private practice therapist, I've had a lot of people come, you know, it's like, well, they, they had an EAP, but they got like four free sessions out of that and then they're done. Right. Well, you're not going to fix much in four four sessions of, of therapy or work. I mean, just, just in general. I mean, I, I always look at that and just go, well, okay, it's something, but I don't know that that's, that's enough. And I also, I, I'm not trying to put all of this, I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to put all this on the employer, that that's what they need to be doing, but... I do think there's a culture that can be created uh, that is more helpful than others. And I think part of that, again, is back to, are we building quality relationships with our people? Right. You know, I mean, do, do we, uh, do we care? You know, um, I think a lot can be said of just something, you know, knowing that somebody cared. Yeah. You know? I think, I think you know, that's true. More than just the token, you know, here's your, here's your annual raise or here, but doing, you know, just, just things that let people know that, that you're, you're valued, that you're, you're cared for. But I, you know, I think just having systems in place too, uh, good resources, good, re- good referral outlets to people. Um, you know, I think employers, we, we've got to, you know, we've got to be concerned about the physical and mental well being of our people. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, perhaps there's business owners out there saying, well, why? Yeah. You know, I doubt it. Actually, I doubt it. They know. Yeah. They know why. But you yeah. know, well, well, let's speak directly to the why. The, about the, the bottom line, the right? why is people yeah. want to matter. Yeah. You know, the yeah. the why is people want to be affirmed um, when they do when they do good work. They want to be affirmed when they do poor work. They want to. They want honest, constructive feedback. I think most people want to. They want to do well. You know, do. Most people are not out there trying to have their company lose money. No. And uh, I think. You know, when 
discussed openly and honestly that those conversations can happen. Well, and I think we've, we've got to go, I mean, I'll go to this very direct too. If you're, if you are listening to this and you're more business minded and stuff with these type of things, look, it's going to affect your bottom line too at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, human, human capital, you know, as we look at this whole thing is, is a, uh, that's a resource that is hard to, hard to, hard to, it's hard to come by a good solid, you know, a, 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 you know, with a business. So I think, um, I think if you're if you're an employer, you have to be able to look at those those issues. You know, you want good people and you want to keep them, right. you know, and you want them to be healthy so and, that you can keep them and productive and productive. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so if if, if trauma issues are Im- impacting productivity, which I would argue that they absolutely could and do uh, with people, um, uh, that's an issue that I think is a as a, a business you got to look at. Well, and I think there's ramifications for the for this issue. Obviously, in in society as well, when the the cumulative effect yeah. of lost productivity because people are distracted by trauma or avoid their trauma. Well, and here's the thing: is there a safe place to talk about it? Right at a at a business level, is there a safe place to talk about it? You know, because how many employees may may want to be able to voice some concerns, but may have fear of losing their job right you know if, if, if a potential Re- issue reprisal but, that's yeah, right. right that's right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah well I, I think that you know this topic is one too that i think we'll probably explore you know expand upon some more as we go uh because i mean it's one that uh, i don't know I, I feel like it's not often looked at uh to be honest with you at least in my realm you know i speak from my my sort of my therapy end of things it's not one that we we tend to discuss a, a whole lot. So, right. But. Well, and I and I think you know you mentioned the EAPs. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of companies that have that that reach out to employees. Um, but just like I would argue, students who are afraid to reach out to people in helping uh, roles in their schools, adults aren't reaching out either. No. And so uh, the you know the stigma is still there. I mean, if you're um, for example, alcoholic or, or drug addicted, something like that, it's hard to reach out for help, you yeah. know, and you've always said it, Jordan, that um, help is there when you're ready. That's right. And, you know, it, it is, but it, how do you access it? It takes a long time to get ready sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, and if, if you've, you know, I, I tell clients that I work with all the time, just walking through that door, getting here is a difficult thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a very difficult thing. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we uh, appreciate you listening again. And if you have questions, email us, follow us, uh, Twitter, and uh, go, go to our website. At Upstart Res on Twitter and yes. Upstart Resilience at Gmail. So, All right. Have a great week, everyone. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.